Turn with me to Mark chapter 11, verse 20. Mark chapter 11, verse 20. The battle lines of Israel and the Philistines have been drawn. And the Goliath, the giant, was mocking the people of Israel, was mocking their God. A young teenage boy named David came along and he said, Who is this vile Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And then as you know the story, he went and he defeated Goliath. I want you to know whatever the devil may bring against us, who is this vile angel that he should defy the people of God? We are a people with a heritage. We are the people who serve a resurrected Savior and have resurrection power dwelling within us. The Bible says that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Uh, we need to understand how uh, God wants us to live by faith, and we need to understand about faith so that we can live in the power and the strength and the energy and the joy of the Lord as a life of victory. This scripture is actually on the tail end of um, the cleansing of the temple, and the fig tree is withered, and Peter mentions it to Jesus. He says, hey, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered from the roots up. Jesus says, have faith in God. And you'll say to this mountain, be cast into the sea and it will obey you. Um, and all whatever you ask in faith, believe and you will receive. And uh, he basically casts a vision uh, for Peter. And says, look Peter, you think this is amazing. But I want to tell you, you haven't seen anything yet. If you will believe God, nothing will be impossible. And uh, we need to, to grasp a hold of this message of faith because it is critical to walking in victory. The title of my message is Understanding Faith. Uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 20, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 20. It says, look, early in the morning as they were passing by, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look. The fig tree that you cursed is withered. Jesus replied to them, Have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, everything you pray and ask for, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone... Forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. So understanding faith. What do we need to understand? Well, first of all, we need to understand its example. What is the example of faith that we see here? And that is that the fig tree has been withered from the roots up. Jesus cursed the fig tree by faith. That's what's implied, isn't it? Uh, the whole reason when Peter mentions it, he says, look, the fig tree you curse is withered. Jesus didn't say, well, yeah, that's my power. No, he says, have faith in God. You see, Jesus had the power to curse the fig tree on his own. But Jesus lived a life of faith on this earth. 
He set aside the use of many of his divine powers to live the life of faith that you and I live uh, and to do it perfectly as our example. And so when Jesus cursed the fig tree, he was doing it under the direction of God as a picture and as a warning to the people of Israel who were rejecting their Messiah and who were turning the temple into a place uh, that, that was uh, completely different from what God intended. And so uh, Jesus hears from God because he says, I do nothing but what my Father tells me to do elsewhere. And so Jesus hears from God, he curses the fig tree, and the fig tree is withered. This example is very important. There are many who will tell us today, and they'll say, look, if you just believe it will happen, and you say it, it will happen. Give me a Corvette. That's what I prayed in high school. Never did see that Corvette. I think God was giving me a mercy, keeping me from tickets or worse, but... um, there are many people who believe, that, and they almost act as though God were their servant. Well, you blab it, and speak it, and say it, and God has to do what you say. No, he doesn't. God is God, and we're not. God is in charge, and he is the one who determines what we're to believe in for. He's the one who shares either through the scripture itself, or through the Holy Spirit's touch upon our hearts, what we're to believe Him for. And once we have that word from God, then we can put our trust in what He has said. And we can do it with absolute confidence. Why? Because it is based upon the word of God. We're going to have faith in a lot of different things, right? Uh, There's a lot of things in this world that uh, people put their faith in. But there's one person that you can put your faith in who will never fail, who cannot fail, and it's our Lord. And so when he gives you a a scripture, a promise, take that to God in prayer and believe him for it. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I think I've mentioned that every Sunday for the past few weeks. That's okay. That's a great verse. Do you believe that? That's a promise of God. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which you do not know. Sometimes we don't even have the ability to ask God for what he wants to do in our life. But if we call on him, he'll answer us and show us great and mighty things. Take it to the bank. It says it in God's word. Uh, What about this? I will never leave you or forsake you. Have you ever felt abandoned by God? Someone once said, we live as Christians not by feelings, but by faith in God's promises. Uh, Sometimes we may feel abandoned by God, but God has not abandoned us. You know how I know that? Because he's given us a promise. I will never leave you or forsake you. Matter of fact, he gave that promise multiple places in Scripture. Why? Because I think he knew we needed to hear it multiple times. I will never leave you or forsake you. It's a promise of God. Uh, I heard a preacher one time talking about he, he didn't feel the anointing one time when he was preaching. And God convicted his heart. Listen, you need to trust me to be with you whether or not you sense 
be anointed because I promise to be with you. That was good. I, I put that down in my memory bank. I need to do that. Trust God in the circumstance of my life. He will not leave me. But you see, it's based upon the Word of God. Now, uh, this is the example that Jesus has set for us. So, uh, I want you, first of all, to see uh, an understanding faith. What are we to understand? Understand it's an example. Understand it's invitation. Look at what Jesus says in verse 22. Have faith in God. That's an invitation. Jesus is saying, enter into what you've seen me do. This is not just meant to be something for Jesus. By the way, this is not just meant to be something for the apostles. This is meant to be something for you and me. Have faith in God. It's an invitation. Have faith in God in your sickness. Do you know God works all things together for good? Sometimes the best good that can come to us is to be sick because it redirects our eyes toward the Lord. Um, I've been sick lately. <laughs> with the, I took my last antibiotic. I think I'm going to have to get another set. But uh, I praise God that, that there's medicine and, and, and uh, praise God for, for those things. But listen. God is still God in the midst of my sickness. I can trust him. Trust him when you lose a loved one to carry you through. Trust him when you don't have enough money in the bank. Peter found that, that out, that he could trust God uh, because Jesus said, Lord, we're, uh, we need the temple tax or the tax of the Romans. And, uh, Jesus said, go fishing, uh, Peter, and you'll catch a fish and there'll be a coin in its mouth. You know, I've gone fishing, and I've caught a lot of fish over the years. I've never caught one with a coin in its mouth. But see, that's what God can do. He is able to provide for us in our times of need. So we're invited to trust Him uh, with our finances. We're invited to trust Him with our relationships. What relationship difficulties are you having? Maybe it's the absence of a relationship, you know. Um, you're you're uh, trusting God to bring that person along. Uh, but God is able to help us with our relationships. He is the God of relationships. Trust Him with your doubt. Sometimes you have doubt uh, about circumstances of life. Sometimes things don't make sense. You're invited to trust Him in the middle. And you see, this invitation goes to every facet of your life, in your service for God, in your Christian walk. You're invited to trust God. The scripture says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Uh, so faith is to be the way we deal with all of life. Every single facet of life. And this is Jesus' invitation. Invite the Lord into your circumstance. Trust him in the midst of your circumstance and see what he can do in your life. So we see its example. We see its invitation. Thirdly, I want you to see its source. Verse 22, Jesus replied to them, have faith in God. Now, have faith in God in the English, uh, you, you, could, you could miss this little, this little nuance, but in the Greek, it's actually an unusual case ending on this word. And uh, you say, well, why do I care? 
I'll tell you, because normally, have faith in God is expressed with a different case than is the one that's expressed here. Uh, the, the wording here could mean have faith from God. And you see, that's important because God is the source of our faith. The scripture says in, in Hebrews 12 too, Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one that helps get it started. He's the one that finishes it. He sustains us in the middle. We're kept by the power of God through faith, 1 Peter 1 says. Um, and, and the fruit of the Spirit also is faithfulness or can also be translated faith. So God is the source of our faith. You say, why, why is that important? It's important because we need to understand faith is not just trying to work something up in my own strength. Faith is allowing God to trust through me. That's a big difference. Uh, I can be honest with God about my unbelief. Why? Because I know he's the source of my faith. If it all depended on me, I might try to say, well, you know, or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trusting God, I'm trusting God, I'm trusting God, you know, trying to work something up. No, it, it's, it, it's an effortless thing. And often what I've found is as I confess my unbelief to the Lord and ask him to fill me with his spirit and trust through me, the faith comes. Sometimes I've had to do that a couple of times. You know, if you're struggling with your faith. But the fact is, God is able to help us trust him. So don't feel like the life of faith is just for people like Noah or Abraham or David or somebody in the Bible. No, the life of faith can be the life that you live. If you allow the Holy Spirit of God to supply that faith in you and to trust through you in the promises of God. So God gives you the topic of faith, right? Either through a promise in his word or through uh, the impression of the Holy Spirit upon your heart. Uh, but God also gives you faith itself. He gives you the, the item to believe, but he also gives you the power to believe. It's all from him. He is the source. Now, I remember when Megan uh, was sick uh, before with her immune system disease, and, um, and I had been praying, and many times been praying, sometimes with tears, uh, praying for her. And one morning, in my quiet time, I just felt this, peace just descend on my life and it's the only way I know how to describe it and I felt like the Holy Spirit was assuring me in my heart that she was going to be healed of that and so you know not wanting to to be guilty of presumption uh, I asked God again you know for a couple of days you know but I still didn't tell anybody about it because I felt like you know I don't want to just be presumptuous and say something and but then I was talking to my mom, and I happened to share it with my mom, and she said, you know, the same thing happened to me the other day. I felt like I had an assurance that she was going to be okay. Well, then after that, I felt like, okay, God's given me the assurance, and he's confirmed it, and uh, so I can now tell people about it. And, but but that's, I, I just felt like I had an assurance in my heart. Now, uh, we, had a, we had a, and by the way, as many of you know, she gave testimony in our, in our service, uh, uh, I guess it was, I don't know, year year and a half ago or something uh she gave testimony that god had completely healed her of that 
And uh, we, we had a lady in my church, my last church. She was our church secretary. Her name was Joquetta Smith. I've never heard of another Joquetta in my life, but uh, she was a great lady. And her husband uh, was, was sick. He, he was one of those guys I have never heard. You know when they'll ask you all the different things, do you have this, do you have this before surgery? It was a yes to almost everything. I mean, it was amazing all the different issues he had. And they told him he had a 26% chance of making it through this, this surgery on an aneurysm. I think it was an aneurysm. And uh, she had been praying, and, and uh, God had given her a peace like that. He'd given her a word. That he's going to be okay. And uh, we were praying one Sunday night, and I said, well, we're going to lift Dan up. And, and she said, no, you don't need to. She said, he's going to be okay. I said, yeah. I said, we'll pray for him. She said, no, you don't understand. He's going to be okay. And so I thought, okay. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, later on, she shared with me what had happened and, and, and how God had given her the assurance. But uh, I went to that surgery, and they told him he had a 26% chance of making it through the surgery. And uh, the doctor came out after the surgery was over, and he had this big smile on his face, and he said, it couldn't have gone any better. You see, God is the source of our faith. He gives us what to believe, and then he sustains us. He, he provides the faith and sustains us in it. So, understanding faith, it's example, it's invitation, it's source. Fourthly, it's power. Look at verse 23. Anyone says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea. And there's not doubt in his heart, but believes that what God says will happen, it will be done for him. Why does Jesus use the illustration of a mountain? Because I really believe it's to show the, the sheer impossibility of us doing it in our human strength. Have you ever felt powerless in a situation? And you just, you know, you're, you're faced with a set of circumstances. You don't know how to deal with it. Uh, you don't know what the next step is. Um, and then God provides some direction and, and gives you a, a, a way to pray and, and, and some, maybe some action steps to take. And somehow, you're not quite sure how, the mountains move. I saw that in my last church. I saw some mountains move. We serve a mountain-moving God. We don't choose the mountain, right? Source is God. But the power of faith is such that if God gives us something in his word to believe or he impresses upon our heart what to believe, there's nothing that God cannot do if we believe him. Do you believe people get healed today? Yes, I do. I believe God can Affirm to your heart that somebody's going to be healed. And you can pray for them in faith and believe that it's going to happen. Uh, I believe that uh, as, as you have an impossible situation, it could be at work, it could be in your family, it could be maybe with one of your kids, uh, whatever it may be, whatever we consider to be impossible, all things are possible with God. Now, we can pray about anything. We can lift anything up to God in prayer that we want to pray. But the prayer of faith, the prayer where we're going to believe in God, that faith is actually in what God 
has told us. Now, we can pray in general, uh, believing some truths about God. First of all, we believe that God loves us, don't we? We, we, we believe that. So, uh, you know, some people say, well, you know, I don't ask God for the small stuff, like parking places or, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, I'm just, that, that just happened to pop into my head. But uh, listen, God has the hairs of our heads numbered. The Bible says he sees, he watches as we sit and we rise. He's paying attention to all these little details in our lives. He cares. So we can ask him about anything we want to ask him about. But there will be those special occasions where God gives us an assurance, this is what I want you to believe me for. <laughs> Watch out, buddy. Fashion your seatbelt. Because God's going to do something great. And I love, I love the, the potential of faith. What is it in your life? Maybe there's a sin in your life you can't seem to get a hold of. Take that mountain to God in prayer. You know that's God's will to remove that, don't you? He's told us not to sin, right? We know it's his will for us not to sin. Take it to God in prayer. Say, Lord, I, I, I'm at the end of myself. Lord, I don't know how to deal with this sin problem. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me grace. Pave the way before me. Show me the steps I need to take. I'm willing. Come with a surrendered heart. I'm willing to respond to you however you guide me in this. But, Lord, I want to be set free. Pray it in faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world. The world, the flesh, and the devil are the three things we have to deal with. The world is overcome through faith, right? That's this world's evil system of way of thinking and uh, mode of operating. Uh, the, the flesh is that old nature that we have. How do we deal with that? We deal with it by faith. Romans 6, consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God through his power. It's by faith. Uh, call upon the Holy Spirit. The Spirit will quicken our mortal bodies so that we can live that life of victory that God has called us to live. It's by faith. Every facet of life. You say, well, what about the devil? Ephesians 6 gives us the armor of God that we are to use, spiritual armor, using in the, in the fight against the enemy. And one of those pieces is the shield of faith. And it says, take up the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You mean, what about some of them? Uh, what about, I, I thought the disciples couldn't cast out certain demons. All. Of them. What did Jesus say to the disciples when they couldn't cast out the demons? How long will I be with you, you unbelieving generation? Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Faith is the victory. The power of faith is such that it can touch any area of our life. No obstacle is too great. So understanding faith, we need to understand its example, its invitation, its source, its power, its confidence. Its confidence. Look at verse 24. Therefore I tell you, everything you pray and ask for, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. 
Verse 23 says, who believes and does not doubt in his heart. Will you doubt sometimes? Yes, you will. Confess it to God. Say, Lord, here I am again. Here I am again. I just, I'm very blunt about it. God knows it anyway, right? You might as well be blunt about it. I say, Lord, I, I'm not believing you right now. I'm doubting. I, I'm struggling with my faith. I confess it to you. Fill me with your spirit and pester me. But true, biblical, Holy Spirit-empowered faith is confidence. Confidence. Uh, Manly Beza used to teach on faith. He was a great... Uh, evangelist when I was growing up uh, and uh, was a great man of faith and taught about faith in many places where he went. And he talked about Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. He says, faith is substance. Another place he says, faith is believing that something is so when it's not so in order that it may be so because in the mind of God it's already so. You see, faith is confidence in the Word of God. Peter had that confidence, didn't he, when he got out of the boat to walk on water. Lord, call me. Jesus is walking on the water. Call me to walk on the water to you. Jesus said, come. What's he doing? He's basing his faith on the Word. He didn't just get out of the boat. Notice that. There's a lot of health wealth preachers who'd have just gotten out of the boat and they'd have sunk. He waited for Jesus to say, come. And when Jesus said, come, he, he stepped out confidently, started walking. I imagine, you know, Andrew and John, their eyes were this big, you know, oh, look at that. And, of course, we know he began to sink, but he's the only one that got out of the boat. But he had confidence. Until he got his eyes off Jesus, he had confidence in the Word of God. This is how God has called us to live, to live in confidence in what he has said. Notice, he says, uh, therefore I tell you, everything you pray for, or whatever you pray for and ask for, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Whatever, whatever. Listen, there's nothing that you can bring to God. He's given you a word about it that you can't be confident he can take care of. He can change hearts. He holds the heart of kings in his hands. He turns them whichever way he wants them to go. My mother used to use that against my dad all the time. He'd, he'd be saying, I'm going to do this, and she didn't agree with it. And so she'd pray, Lord, change his mind. And God would change his mind. <laughs> over and over again, now my wife uses that dirty trick on me. And so, uh, but anyway, uh, it's, it's confidence. Believe confidently in the Word of God. And then he says... Uh, uh, also, we need to understand its request. So, its example, invitation, source, power, confidence, its request. Uh, believe, whatever you pray for, ask. Um, it, this, this simple word, ask. Did you know every time you go to God in, in prayer, it's a step of faith? Maybe a weak faith, but it's a step of faith. Jesus was talking about the widow and the unjust judge, and this little widow was going to this judge, and she was saying, give me justice against my adversary, and he didn't care about her and didn't really care about the situation, and he was ignoring her, but she just kept coming back every day, knocking on the door. Finally, he said, you know what? 
I don't fear God. I don't care about man. But she's bugging me to death. I'm going to give her what she's asked for. And he said, how much more will God give, give justice to his elect who cry for him day and night? He'll, judgment, he'll give them justice speedily. He says, but when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? How is his faith expressed? Regular petition before God. Don't give up. Keep asking God to work in that situation. And the only, the only way, reason you should stop praying for uh, something that you have upon your heart should be if God says, quit asking for that because it's not his will to give it to you. God did that with Paul. You remember he had the thorn in the flesh? Everybody debates what that was, but had the thorn in the flesh and asked God to remove it three times, and God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. He said, Paul, quit asking for this. It's my will that you have this in your life. You just trust me with it. But we're to ask. You know, one great thing about kids in terms of, of spiritual things, is their ability to ask, right? They, they, they don't care. They just ask, right? Now, it kind of gets annoying if you're, a, if you're a human parent, you know. Give me this, 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 give me this. Shut up, right? Or I'd use my, my, dad's, my dad's favorite line was, uh, if you keep asking me for that, you'll be sure not to get it. So anyway, but... But, you know, we have to train our kids sometimes to back off a little bit. But, you know, really, I'm convinced that's the way we ought to be with God. To have that persistence in calling out upon his name about different issues in our life. He has said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. He's given us an invitation. He's, he's asked us to ask. Why? Because he cares for us. He loves us. And, and so it's request and um, finally it's obstacle. I want you to see verse 25. Look at what he says. And wherever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. So that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. So the obstacle of faith is unforgiveness. It could be other sins as well, but this sin in particular is mentioned here. A lot of times people don't realize that unforgiveness and an unforgiving spirit robs you of all that God desires to do in your life. It's not that you can't be saved, and you know, I, some people say, well, does that mean you lose your salvation if, you, if you're saved and you, and you don't forgive somebody after you're saved? And, no, it doesn't mean you lose your salvation. It's eternal life. Um, but what it does mean is you lose the blessings of it, the fellowship of it, the joy of it. And you also lose the ability to trust God for what he has for you. The Bible says, according to your faith, so will it be to you. Now, if I'm quenching the Holy Spirit through an unforgiving spirit, I don't have the Holy Spirit helping me believe. 
And if Jesus is the author and finisher of my faith, that means that I'm going to be weak and, and, and anemic in my faith as a child of God, and I'm not going to live in the abundant life, in the intimacy with God, in the fellowship, and all, all of these things that God desires to do in my life. Why? Because I'm quenching the Holy Spirit through, a, through an unforgiving spirit. All of the potential of faith, all of the blessings of faith, all of the power of faith is lost to the person who won't forgive. So if you have an unforgiving spirit, you need to confess that to God this morning and you need to choose to forgive. Cancel that debt. That's what forgiveness is. It's just a canceling of a debt. Um, because if you don't, what will happen is it will put a stranglehold on your faith. I find it interesting that Jesus includes this here. Um, but you know, one of the ways we can, we can trust God is with those who have wronged us. The scripture says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Um, the scripture uh, gives us demonstrations of that. Uh, we've been talking about Genesis in, in uh, Sunday school in my class and um, toward the end of the Joseph story. And uh, one of the things that's mentioned is the fact that Judah and the brothers go back to their father and they tell him Joseph's been killed. They let him, allow him to believe that. And the grief and the pain that comes to his heart is, is incredible. I mean, it's, it's, it just overwhelms him. He lives as a broken man. Judah moves off apparently uh, under the guilt of seeing what his father's going through. And the scripture says that God put two of his sons to death because they were wicked. Judah, who had robbed Jacob of his son, was robbed of his sons. Now, he repented and God brought grace to his life and praise God for that. But, uh, but God's able to handle these things. You say, well, well if, if I don't hold a grudge against that person, they'll get away with it. You can trust God with it. Choose to cancel the debt and to move on in your life and to extend that forgiveness. Maybe you need to go to the person if, if your relationship is broken with that person and make that, that situation right. But at the very least, cancel the debt. Even if that person still hates you, you can cancel the debt against that other person. And you can move on and don't let it steal your faith. We watched this, uh, uh, I think it was America's Funniest Home Videos or Candy Camera, one of those shows. Anyway, they had this guy come in and uh, basically the joke was they didn't give uh, exact change in the store. They had a sign, we do not give exact change. And so uh, they, would, they would give people uh, a rounded amount and wouldn't give them the exact change. And, you know, some people get mad and agitated and so forth. Well, this guy said, okay. And he got his change and walked out. And they said, why didn't you say anything about this? Why weren't you upset? And he said, I just don't let people rent space in my head. And uh, I thought that was funny. But I also thought, you know, there's some, there's some wisdom in that. Don't let people rent space in your head. Life's too short. Move on, cancel the debt, and put your trust in God 
and live the life that God has called you to live. So understanding faith, what do we need to understand about it? It's example, it's invitation, it's source, it's power, it's confidence, it's request, and it's obstacle. As we believe, the Bible says all things are possible with God. All things. Enter in, accept the invitation to believe God. Uh, I've been speaking mainly to Christians here today about the life of faith. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you enter into a relationship with God by faith as well. Uh, yes, that faith comes from God too. He, he's willing to enable us and give us a desire uh, to repent and put our trust in Jesus Christ uh, if you're willing to have him do that in your life. Can I just say, if you're struggling with faith, ask God to give you the faith you need. Ask him for it. Uh, if you're feeling a drawing in your heart, listen, you don't have to have great faith to come to, to faith in, in Jesus. You just have to have mustard seed faith, right? Just a little bit. Just enough to say, Jesus, I'm going to take you on your, up on your promise. You said if I would confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead, I would be saved. That's the word of God. And, and I'm confessing you as my Lord. If you're willing to do that this morning and you're ready to begin a relationship with, with God, uh, the scripture says that Jesus lived the perfect life we couldn't live. He died the death we deserved and he rose again. And because of what Jesus has done, God can forgive our sins, cancel that debt, wash us. We saw the picture of that in the baptistry today. Help us die to that old way of life and begin to live a new way of life in Jesus Christ. Um, he'll do that for you today if you're willing to give your heart in to him. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray that you give people the grace to respond to you in the specific ways you desire today.